reading this morning is from Matthew chapter 16, which can be found on page 983 of the Burgundy Church Bibles. Matthew chapter 16, beginning at verse 21. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. Truly, I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Thanks for us very much. Let's pray together and ask God to help us with that passage. Lord, we're very grateful to be able to be here this morning, and we're very grateful to have the Word of God uh, on our laps, open in front of us. And we pray, Father, that as we turn to your Word now, and as we seek to understand it, and as I speak, please, Lord, would you speak to us? For Jesus' sake. Amen. Well, I was at university with, uh, or one of the people I was at university with was a guy called Steve Brown, and he's now a a doctor, he's a consultant urologist, and uh, during his training as a junior hospital doctor, uh, he did part of his time there at the Westminster Hospital up in London, which is now closed. And uh, he did a one-in-one, which in those days, many years ago now, uh, meant that you worked every day, and then you also worked every weekend and every night for six months. So, that, okay, when he was on call, he wasn't, it wasn't a very busy job, so he wasn't called very much. But basically, he worked night and day, every weekend and every week for six months. And they said it was a good experience. It was good training, they said. And the consultants in those days would often say, well, we did it, and so should you. Well, life these days for junior hospital doctors is rather different. Thankfully, they don't have to work such dangerously crippling hours. The world has changed. And uh, those kind of rotors that uh, our friend Steve worked no longer exist. Now, what about the SAS? going from one thing to another. Now, we all know that the SAS, their selection and the training for the SAS, uh, continues to be uh, as it has been. Nothing has changed, and uh, it's still harsh to the point of being brutal. But it's, I guess it's necessary, isn't it, to produce elite soldiers who are tough mentally and tough physically, 
and uh, who are brave and skillful and have huge stamina. Now, when it comes to being a Christian, do you think it's more like being a junior hospital doctor today, where everything is different from the way the things were before, or is it more like being a member of the SAS, where actually nothing has changed, the standards required and the training and so on are as it's always been? Is it more like the junior hospital doctor, where the people before you had to endure horrendous hours, but thankfully you don't have to do that yourself? Or is it more like being a member of the SAS, where life as a committed soldier uh, is tough and as real now as it ever was? Well, the Christian life has not changed. The Christian life has not been watered down, made more reasonable since Jesus' day. The Christian life hasn't been uh, made any easier since Jesus' day. And the fact that we're going to see this morning is that the Christian life now is exactly as it was when Jesus first lived it. It is exactly the same as when Jesus first lived it. And, uh, uh, And there is a simple adage, if you like, as Jesus, so us. And you'll see the outline, I haven't got the PowerPoint this morning, but uh, as Jesus, so us, just on the back of our orders of service. We're uh, looking at verses, really verses 21 to verse 27 of Matthew 16. I believe verse 28 actually belongs to chapter 17, I'll explain that later on. And Jesus has just been asking his disciples there who they think he is in verses 13 to 20. And Peter takes this huge step forward in verse 16. Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And then immediately from that time on, verse 21, beginning of our passage, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hand of the elders, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed. And on the third day, raised to life and uh, it says here from that time on uh, and what it means in the original there is that uh, jesus kept on coming back to it so he kept on telling them you know they'd be having breakfast and say by the way we're going to jerusalem i'm going to be killed they'll be having lunch they'll be on the road they'll be walking around and he'd be saying by the way i'm going to jerusalem there i'm going to be killed and raised from the dead i am the messiah he says yes i am peter got that right but i'm this kind of messiah Let me tell you the kind of Messiah I am. I'm a suffering, dying, rising Messiah. And that was not what anyone was expecting. And that's why Peter uh, probably takes Jesus by the arm. He's doing it in 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 a friendly kind of way in verse 22 there. And he says, never, Lord, this shall never happen to you. He's aghast. And he assumes he knows better than Jesus because his idea of the Messiah is, is going to be a great leader. He's going to be victorious over the Romans and so on. But he's got a lot to learn. In fact, all disciples have a lot to learn. All Christian believers have a lot to learn. So I hope, for instance, when you come to church week by week, you're thinking, one of the things, I want to worship the Lord together, I want to encourage and be here and so on. But actually, Lord, I come here today because I've got a lot to learn. That's one reason, for instance, why uh, I always take notes in sermons. Partly because we always have feedback with one another and so on, but also because it helps me concentrate, helps me to learn as much as I can during the sermons. And also one other thing just to say, um, for instance, if we're going to learn more, then we have great opportunities here in Sussex with the Sussex Gospel Partnership with their courses, 
So every Tuesday, if you're free on Tuesdays, maybe you recently retired, or maybe you're a, a mum and kids are back at school now and so on, Tuesday's free, then get up to uh, Hayward Seath for the, the SGP course, Tuesdays during term times. Or if you can't make Tuesdays, Saturday mornings, 10 Saturday mornings uh, a year to learn more and to grow. Because disciples are learners, aren't we? That's what it means. But Peter's mistake here, because he still had things to learn, but Peter's mistake here was a big one. He's out of order. In fact, worse than that, he's actually doing the devil's work. He's just saying, kind of saying the kind of thing that the devil has already tried on with Jesus. That's why in verse 23, Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. Because what Peter said to him is actually is exactly the same as what the devil said and tempted Jesus. It's not, not exactly the same words. It's the same idea that he had back in Matthew chapter 4 and verses 8 and 9, where Satan offered Jesus the kingdom without having to go through the cross. And the temptation is exactly the same way that the devil did, and hence Jesus' strong response. And Jesus is so firm with Peter here because... The Christian life is a life of the cross. The Christian life is a life of dying. There would be no Christianity without the cross. We would not be saved without the cross. We would not be on our way to heaven if you're a Christian without the cross. The cross is fundamental to Christianity. And we ought to say, as Jesus, so us. So Jesus, someone has written this, Jesus never asks us to go where he has not gone, to face what he has not faced, to love anyone who he does not love, or to give anything that he has not given. And so with that introduction and that focus, I want to focus particularly on verses 24 to 27. I want to make three points. Easy to remember, say goodbye, die, Why? Okay, that's the sermon structure. Dead easy. You want to tell someone over lunch what you heard in church this morning? Say goodbye, die, why? So as Jesus, so us. Jesus said goodbye, he died, and we're going to find out why. And for Christians, the Christian life is say goodbye, die, and we're going to find out why. So the first point, say goodbye. That's what Jesus did, and that's what the Christian life is about. Say goodbye. Verse 24, Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. And this applies to everyone you know. Um, if, it, uh, if you're going to be a Christian, this means, so whenever he looks there, Jesus says, whoever wants to be my disciple. So there's not some kind of super class of amazingly keen Christian, okay? Whoever is going to be my disciple, if you're going to be a Christian, if you're going to be a very lukewarm Christian, if you're going to be a kind of just about wobbling around Christian kind of thing, he's saying, actually, for, this is for everyone, all right? For everyone who's going to be a Christian, Jesus says, you've got to say goodbye. Say goodbye. If you're a disciple, first say goodbye. Deny yourself. Now, this is not... Like kind of, you know, you're saying goodbye, you're saying uh, denying yourself. You, so you could say, well, you know, it's Lent and I'm going to give up crisps for Lent or I'll give up chocolate or something. And um, it's not the same as that. OK, it's altogether more serious than giving up chocolate for Lent. All right. Um, this is serious. In fact, it is the precise opposite of what Peter wanted Jesus to do. That's why Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Peter, you see, was trying to preserve Jesus. 
But discipleship abandons all self-preservation. Our goal, all times and in all circumstances, and whatever is uh, whatever cost, that we will become the means by which God is able to do His work and fulfil His purpose, irrespective of the personal implications to ourselves. It is the opposite of being selfish. We're talking about being selfless. And it's the opposite of being selfish. To be honest, I really struggle with Christians who are really selfish. Because it is the absolute opposite of what it means to be a Christian. To be a Christian means to be selfless, not to be selfish. It's a radical commitment. We're losing ourselves. We're denying ourselves. You know that book I was uh, pushing last, uh, last Sunday? Or Sunday before, was it? Yeah. And uh, we've sold all the copies. We're getting some more in. I, I was uh, hoping we'd have them by today, but they haven't come yet. And uh, the book title, We Died Before We Came Here. You know, people were saying, well, you know, you're going to North Africa as Christian missionaries. You may die. The response, that's okay. We died before we came here in North Africa. We denied ourselves. We died to ourselves. It's all for Jesus now. And if we die serving the Lord in North Africa, well, we actually died before we came here. So that's all right. If you want to be a disciple of Jesus, he says, you must deny yourself. You must. We cannot be half-hearted. There is no other way. Life is no longer about us. It's about Jesus. It's about other people. It's about serving people. It's no longer about you. So say goodbye to yourself. If you're going to be a Christian, just simply say goodbye to yourself. Say goodbye to selfishness. And as we do so, we remember that is exactly what Jesus did. On the night before he died... He was sweating great drops of blood at the thought of the cross and the thought of your sins and mine being funneled down into him on that day. And he wanted his father to find another way if there was one, but there wasn't. And Jesus, in the greatest act of selflessness in human history, said, not my will, but yours. And he said goodbye to himself as he committed himself to die for us. As Jesus, so us. Say goodbye. Second, die. Die. Here's a prayer of John Wesley. I am no longer my own, but yours. Put me to what you will. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed for you or laid aside for you. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and wholeheartedly yield all things to you. Your pleasure and disposal are now glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are mine and I am yours. So be it. And this covenant now made on earth, let it be satisfied in heaven. Amen. Now this uh, uh, say goodbye, die, it's got two parts. First of all, take up your cross, and second, follow Jesus. But they're linked up together. Take up your cross 
and follow me. Now, some people might be heard to say, well, you know, my arthritis is my cross to bear in this life. Or my disabled child or my daughter-in-law or my unemployment is my cross to bear in life. So I just want to say to take up your cross is not just coping with difficult circumstances. When Jesus took up his cross, or most likely just a wooden crossbeam, he was going to die. It's a one-way street. And he was marching to his own execution, carrying the instrument of his own death. And for us to take up our cross, as for Jesus, is a conscious decision. It's a conscious commitment to Jesus. It's deciding, I am now, of this moment, committing myself to follow Jesus Christ. Come what may. My life is not my own. I've died to my old ways of living. I've died to my selfishness and all my self-seeking because uh, I know a selfish person will never be happy. A selfish person will never be fulfilled. I've died. I've taken up my cross. My life based on me is gone. It is history forever. And again, you see, this is what Peter was telling Jesus not to do. He was saying, don't die, Jesus. You're the Messiah. Messiahs don't get crucified. Don't die. And Jesus says, I am going to die. I am going to be crucified. It's the only way to deal with the sin of the world. And everyone who wants to identify with me must do the same. Everyone. Have you done that? Have you made a decision in your life that now it's Jesus? My life now to be lived for him. Well, if you haven't, and you know you should, then please stop delaying. Stop putting it off. Today is the day for commitment, isn't it? Why not just simply read 20, verse 24 to Jesus and tell him you want to do that? And taking up your cross, it's a one-off decision to follow him, but it means also an ongoing commitment. Um, you know, Giuseppe, well, you won't know, he's, he died a long time ago, Giuseppe Garibaldi, the revered Italian general, not the biscuit, but the uh, revered Italian general, uh, in some ways, uh, father of, the, uh, of modern Italy. And, and he said, as, as he was um, wanting people to, uh, to follow him as he uh, sought to fight for Italy, he said, he that loves Italy, let him follow me. I promise him hardship, suffering, death. But he that loves Italy, let him follow me. And for Jesus, too, you could just take his words there. Him that loves Jesus, let him follow Jesus. Follow Jesus every day of your life, every day. It's not always easy. Jesus never said it would be. But it is real life. It's not, not necessarily an invitation to martyrdom, but he's just saying it's the only way to find fullness of life is to lose it by giving it to God. 
And as we give our lives to God, then he gives his to us. You see, the secret of a changed life is to understand that actually it's an exchanged life. Your life for him. The Christian life is Jesus replacing us with himself. So it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And then someone who becomes a Christian and they start serving Jesus and serving others, that person will find life. And they will find that the life they had before wasn't really life at all. It was just an imitation, a very pale and weak imitation. But they will find full and abundant life that is actually a life of service. A life of serving others, a life of loving others. Say goodbye. Die. Why? Well, uh, Jesus gives two reasons in verses 24 and uh, 25. So uh, verse 24, just on page 983. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple, whoever, must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. And then he goes on and says this, what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit his soul? Or if you look at the, uh, uh, the footnote at the bottom, soul or life, uh, could be translated either way. Uh, Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? So the first reason, say goodbye, die. Why? The two reasons. The first one is this. Actually, your soul is important. This life isn't just all that there is. There's a whole spiritual aspect here. And your soul is extraordinarily important. You You have a soul. Most people in this world ignore it. It's incredibly important. It's actually more important than the whole world. It's more important than anything. So if you find your, you know, thinking of your soul a bit hard to grasp, then think of your life, in other words, real life, profound life, deep life, the life of your heart within you, eternal life. And your soul is precious. Verse 26, important question. There's only one possible answer to verse 26. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit his soul? No good at all. If you're going after the world and you're forfeiting your soul, that will do you zilch good in the end. Build your career, have a nice house. Jesus is saying, actually, if you're neglecting your soul, you're a fool. He made that very, very clear uh, in Luke's Gospel. And uh, so you have a soul. It is unbelievably important. Also, the second thing is to note this. Why? You have a soul. But the second thing here is also this, that Jesus will return. Look at verse 27. For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. Now, this isn't a matter of kind of the word. Look at this in the context. This is talking about uh, what have you have done? Are you picking up your cross? Have you picked up your cross? Have you denying yourself? And are you following Jesus? That's what Jesus means by what you've done. In other words, have you got that commitment to Jesus? If you're not, then you need to. 
Now, uh, uh, and then just a word about verse 28. Um, Truly I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they've seen the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Now, what is that all about? Well, it could refer to all sorts of things. So it could refer, for instance, to the next bit of Matthew's Gospel about transfiguration. Jesus up the mountain and he changes. He comes different. He's transfigured. Some people think it talks about Jesus' death and resurrection. Some people think it's about the Gospel going out. It's a birth and the growth of the Christian church. Some people think it's about Jesus' return. Well, I suspect the best way of looking at verse 28 is actually to link it in with chapter 17. And while chapter 17 may only be one of the fulfillments, because it could be like looking at mountains that are distant, they all seem quite close together. And so it could be that it actually is meant to be fulfilled in all sorts of different ways. But I think it certainly links in with chapter 17. So let's leave it there in chapter 17, shall we? For this morning, as Jesus, so us. And so what we do as Christian people, and as Jesus did, Say goodbye and die. And why do we do that? We do that because your soul is important and one day Jesus will return. One day he will return to this earth. We know not when, but he will as the judge of all. Say goodbye and die. As Jesus, so us. We're going to be quiet for just a moment and then David's going to lead us in our prayers.